All right, folks, we're doing the last leg of the triangle, mm-hmm. jumping right into it. And you are with us at the Mercenary Musician Podcast. That's right. Wow, you're like really getting projection. I'm looking at your little sound waves and you're really getting it. I had to do that. That was really good. Okay, now it's gone. All right. Let's just let's just let's just go. All right. Let's just do it. <laughs> All right. We're in. We're clearly very excited. We just got done recording the uh, instrumental uh, ability, ability, which is really a guitar. It's just a really a, a fucking rant about how you should be practicing and taking lessons. <laughs> so go back and listen to that, and then go take some lessons, please, and then um, practice. So the third leg of the triangle. Just recap for what the triangle is, in case you are just hopping into this episode. There are three aspects of performance, right? This is not including business. There is a whole business and marketing and everything side of this. Three aspects of the performance. I call this the performance triangle. You've got vocal ability, instrumental ability, and showmanship, right? Those are the three things that are happening on stage with a solo musician. You are singing and or playing guitar. In sync. In sync, hopefully, yes. And you're also chatting with the audience in between songs. Also, this can be, you can kind of take a, a, a overhead wider view of, of what showmanship is, and it could be just even the very songs that you're choosing. It can be the fact that you're taking requests. That's part of showmanship. Jokes, huge part of showmanship. This is a big topic, and I personally think that this, uh, to the extent that any one thing is the most important leg of the triangle, this is it. This is the thing that brings in the tips. This is the thing that um, that makes a crowd like you. This is the thing that makes you memorable. Makes you memorable. It's the thing that makes you. It's the thing that it most easily and most relatably makes you entertaining. This is, and that's remember we we kind of talked about this the telescoping zoom thing, right? If you zoom out on what your job is. You know, okay, you can be a musician, you could be a business-to-business, you know, marketing thing that helps sell drinks, or you could be an entertainer. That is, I think, one of the most important lenses through which to look at this job, right? You're an entertainer. Um, And what is, you know, you can get, you can be entertaining without a guitar at all. You can tell jokes. People do it. Um, You can be you can be entertaining just shredding a guitar, yes. You can be entertaining just being a phenomenal singer, yes. But honestly, the crowds that are going to be entertained by just that type of thing are pretty specific. There's like these are like guitar sluts and vocal sluts, right? And I'm, I don't mean that. It's not a gender-specific word. I consider myself a slut for vocals, right? I if if I heard somebody who is like insanely gifted vocalist singing at a bar, I'd be like spellbound. They wouldn't have to talk. They wouldn't have to tell jokes. They wouldn't have to be entertaining. I'd be like, ooh. It's orgasmic. I'd be like, wow, I'm watching. Yeah, it's orgasmic. Nice, Chad. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, wow, that was a, a big line you made there. Thank you. Um, I'd be like, wow, I'm, I'm here. I'm watching this. But a lot of people in the crowd would not. A lot of people sitting in a restaurant would be like, what is this fucking lady just singing and not saying anything and not playing a guitar? Yeah, they don't appreciate it. That's right. Most people won't. That's why... Showmanship, I think, is the most important leg of the triangle because it is the most relatable. Not everybody's into guitar. Not everybody's into music, even. Everybody is in, not everybody, but much more than those other things. People are into a friendly personality, a funny, engaging person, right? People are into that, by and large, right? So if you can be that, I I have, it happens every 
probably every gig. Somebody who's like doesn't really give that much of a shit about music just likes me. And they tip me and they get into the show and they enjoy it. It, it happens every single gig. It's because my personality on stage is effusive and fun and open and big. Not so big it's in your fucking face whether you want it to be or not. Like you you want to meet the room, right? You want to fit the, the vibe. But it's something that invites the room to have fun with me, right? I tell a lot of jokes. Uh, one of the most common compliments that I get is, thank you, you were very entertaining. Or you're funny. Or something like that. It's It's more common to hear that than, man, you shred guitar. Man, you're a good singer. I get those too, but the most common compliment I get is you were entertaining or you were funny. Mm-hmm. And that's where the fucking money is, man. That's like where that's where that's where it happens. There I, I do have gigs where I'm like background music and people aren't even listening to the things I'm saying, and that's fine. I still say, by the way, I'm Peter Colter. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the country club clubhouse that we're in. Um I'm just gonna kinda play chilled out background music. You let me know if I'm too loud, by the way. I don't take it personally. You just let me know. I'm here for you. If you got requests, you let me know. Other than that, I'm here. Thank you guys very much. Back to playing guitar in the background for an hour. You know, I've got gigs like that. They pay well. That's why I do them. And that's fine too, but it's not the, it's not par for the course. That's kind of unusual. Those kind of gigs Um, for, for my job, at least the way my world works. So the showmanship aspect, and and that's why, that's another reason why a well-balanced triangle will help you make money. The fact that I can just play background music on a looping pedal and make it cool sounding and sing well and control my voice so that I'm not belting in this country club clubhouse. By the way, if all you can do is belt, it doesn't matter if you turn your microphone all the way fucking down. If you're belting in a country club clubhouse, you're too fucking loud. So that's where that other leg, these other legs of the triangle come into play. If you have control of your voice and you're a good guitarist and you can loop and solo, you can play these country clubs and be the fucking background all day and walk, walk out 450 bucks and be done with it. Yep. So little bit of a side note on the other legs of the triangle why it's important to have a well-balanced triangle for this particular career right the cover gig thing um back to the the triangle leg that we're on now showmanship so there's a there's a lot here and i you know to be fair there there are other episodes that we've done and that we will do in the future that cover that flesh this out more but we're just going to do the broad strokes of what showmanship is right it's jokes it's uh taking requests it's reading the room and playing songs that you think these people will like. It's talking about the songs. It's showing your personality. It's, yeah, Chad's trying to keep count on his fingers. It's just, I'm just trying to give you like a nice sketch of what this is, right? It's not like an exhaustive list. But it's all these things. It's um, mentioning, it's talking about the local things. I play for a lot of tourists. It's talking about what's cool around here. It's talking about what life is like for someone who lives down here full time. You know, like you mentioned a hurricane season and you mentioned hey this is my tell tell people about your life let them get a little peek into you know people are interested in what a full-time musician who lives in their vacation spot does people are interested in me these people from michigan these old people from michigan they're like what they're curious people ask me all the time that's how i know they're curious and that's why i started kind of doing adding that my life stuff into my sets in between songs is because people kept asking me like is this your full-time job yeah oh man that's cool and they want to get my story just give it to them on the microphone. Give it to the whole group. And the five people who wanted to know it, four of whom are too shy, one of whom asked, now all four of those people who are too shy get to hear it, yep. right? And um, 
and it just brings people in. It just makes people like you, right? And it humanizes you. You are a human after all, right? Right. (laughs) So it humanizes you. It makes people be able to relate to you, and which is where, which is first of all, where tips come from. Second of all, where a happy crowd comes from. So it's the tips in the short run, which is great. A happy crowd in the long run gives you job security. If a crowd is happy, they're hanging out. They're coming back to this place. If they're hanging out and coming back to this place because of you, you're doing your job, and the bar or restaurant or club will continue hiring you, right? That's what this is all about. It's really not fucking rocket surgery, folks. It's simple, simple stuff. You never heard rocket surgery, Chad? I love it. Oh, good. Um, yeah, you're the fun captain. You've you're, said it many times. You're the fun captain, and you know don't put don't put so much pressure on yourself. Some people are just never gonna have fun, but you are. You're like you're there to make. You're like the host of a party, right? You're there to make sure everybody's having a good time. Um, and I, I want to point something out. So I, I touched on something here that really is an important an important kind of tactical way to to add things to your chit chat, right? Your, your banter. Good banter is worth its weight in gold. <laughs> well, it's, it's weightless, I guess. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's worth, it's worth it. However you want to say that, right? Good banter is really, really good. It's like the difference between people being like, man, this guy knows what the fuck he's doing. And like, Ugh, another live music thing, right? Yeah. Um, granted, if you shred and you got a great voice, people will still and you're the right volume. You'll people be memorable, but not for the right reasons. Well, people will still, yeah. If you shred and you got a great voice, but you don't, and I can tell you from personal experience because this is what I did for like the first few years of my career. I was a really good guitarist, really good vocalist, and I was kind of shitty at talking to the crowd. I was like not a good showman. I wasn't good at letting people know that I'm fun and, and that I like them. You know, I was not good at this for a long time. And I kind of started realizing that it was not only important, but fun. It makes my life more fun. It makes my job more fun. Um, so I can tell you what it is like to be a, a musician who is great at guitar and great at singing and not a great showman. You know, it's like working twice as hard as I'm working, making half as much money is what it's like. You know, Mm-mm. uh-uh, no thanks. Um, Mm-mm. And it's just, it's like not, it's just not blowing people away. You blow people away when you shred guitar and you sing well and you're a great showman. I guarantee you they don't rank them in those orders. They say, man, that guy is really entertaining, funny. He's just like cool. He makes the crowd feel good. And then they'll go, he's also got a really good voice. Yeah. And he's also really good at guitar. Yeah, but you like, already know those things, yeah. right? That that's how that that's like the ranking list, right? If they want to just hear somebody shred guitar and somebody be a world class singer, there's plenty of that on Spotify. I was gonna say better than you. Car. Sorry, yeah. you know. Yeah. Sip of water there. Um, okay, so there's there's a lot a lot to talk about about showmanship. Uh, man, I was I was gonna tell you something. And I think I just forgot, so I'm gonna tell you now. A tactical idea of how to add the banter to your show. I mentioned people asking me over and over again, oh, is this your full-time job? What's this like? What do you do? Like, tell me about your life. And me answering them saying, yeah, this is my full-time job. I've been doing this full-time for, you know, five years or however long it was when they asked. And uh, it's like this. And, uh, man, you know, certain points of my career, I told them it kind of sucked. It was like, man, I play 13 nights in a row, and it's exhausting, and I'm, like, not sure I'm having fun with it. You know, 
just like telling people the story of what's going on when they ask. And after kind of just chatting one-on-one with people enough in, in my breaks, I started figuring out what these people wanted to fucking hear about. Mm-hmm. You know? And you made and it now, comical. And then I kind of made it into jokes, and I made it fun and relatable, and I made it not heavy and like, yeah, I got a Coke problem now because I hate this job so much. No, but, but, oh, but yeah, like I'm a full-time I made, musician. Don't tell my parents. They think I'm in law school. Exa- like, yes. Perfect. One of my favorite jokes. Um, I, did you? You've, it's on I've said previous that, episodes. I've said on the yeah. Yeah, like I'll say, uh, I, I'll, I got a couple different intros to this joke. Yeah. A couple different things that will like um, spark the idea to, to tell this joke. But like I'll do, mamas don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Let me just give you an example here of, of what this looks like, guys. All right, so, all right, I'm going to do a Waylon Jennings song here. Um, Actually, I'm going to preface this too. So let's say that this song, and I, I do, there's going to be one joke in here. I got a couple jokes for different songs, right? So there are a couple jokes for this Waylon Jennings song. So this joke I'll, I'll only do when it's like all adults. It's like the end of the night kind of thing. This is not a kid's joke. Um, very important to re- read the room and not say, you know, bad things Adult in front of kids. Things, yeah. Sure. Um, so there's a Waylon Jennings song. First of all, okay, I'm going to play a Waylon Jennings song. Uh, I love this song. It is the longest song title of any of the songs I play. It's 13 syllables. I've counted it many times. You guys ready? Mamas don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. I'm counting on my fingers. 13 syllables. 13 syllables. It's bold. And it gets a chuckle. It's not a fucking hilarious joke. It's not even really a joke. It's just like something I've observed, right? Um, so I play the song. I'm like, oh, oh, before I play the song, there's one lyric in here that I find really weird. So we'll talk about it after the song. Just sit tight. If you notice it, let me know. Play the song. Uh, I get to the end, I'm like, okay, so this nine times out of ten, somebody will go, before I even start talking about it, they're like, what's the weird lyric? And I'll say, well, okay, cowboys like smoky old pool rooms and clear mountain mornings. Okay, so far, so good, that's fine. Okay, cowboys like smoky old pool rooms, clear mountain mornings, little warm puppies and children and girls of the night. Leave a little pause there. And a couple people will maybe groan or they'll go like, okay, what? And I was like, okay, I mean, I don't think it's, I think it was just, I think it didn't seem weird to him at the time when he wrote it. It was like the 70s, right? But to me, it's like, hey, what are you, like, I get what he's trying to do. He's like, oh, we're complicated people. We like smoky pool rooms and clear mountain mornings. Look how different those things are. Oh, we like, you know, we like little kids and like cute stuff and also like harlots. Yeah, right, right. And so, but it just seems weird to me to say, okay, hey, what do you like? Oh, you know, like. Normal things like Puppies. little little kids and hookers. It's like why are those in the same sense? And like you'll, it gets a little laugh. Blow. And like depending on the crowd, it should be all adults for a crowd like that. Yeah. For a joke like that. But depending on the crowd, like it, often oftentimes like if it's a younger crowd, like people my age, they'll fucking lose it because they're not expecting a joke like that from solo acoustic guy in Southwest Florida where the average age is sixty. Right? They're expecting really, and even sixty something year olds don't expect that because they. F- 99% of the time the solo acoustic people are really tame and and I am too when there are kids around I'm always tame you know joke wise um, you know I try to kind of find the edge a little bit but you know that it like catches people off guard and that's that can be a funny joke right mm-hmm. so that's just an example of how that kind of thing can go um, another one the reason I brought that joke up is because I use that joke as a segue into the lawyer joke which is there's the line that goes, man, I just say like, man, I love this line where he's like, uh, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Don't let them pick guitars and drive them old trucks. 
let them be doctors and lawyers and such. I just like that line a lot. Okay. Oh, by the way, my parents think that I'm in law school right now, so please, I know you can take videos, just don't post them online, just keep that between us. You know, and I'll, sometimes, like, if that joke went well, I'll kind of keep riffing on it. And I'll just say, like, I'm just kidding. My parents are very supportive. That's why my mom lets me live at her house still. Speaking of which, she's right behind you. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's just like, that. that's it. It's, it doesn't have to be fucking hilarious. It doesn't have to be pre-rehearsed, like, tight jokes like a, like a comedian. Yeah. But, like, this is what does it. People chuckle. People, even if they're not laughing out loud, they're going in their head, huh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. It's better than song after song after fucking song after song. You play off the environment. Mm-hmm. Jokes are very important. And just showing your personality. If you can show your personality in a joke, all the better. If you can show your personality in a joke that also mentions the tip jar, for instance, all the better. Like all this stuff, it just, it all matters. It all adds up. And, uh, you know, people, people just fucking dig this. It's just, and I, like I dig this. It's just a conversation with people. It's just having a funny, interesting, partly pre-rehearsed conversation. You know, it's entertainment. That's what you are, okay? So, but if you can master this, it's this is how you, if you can master showmanship, this is how you give yourself a raise in this business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just recently got a raise at one of my gigs. It's one of my favorite gigs. It's a gig that, you know, I, let's hope the person who's hiring me doesn't isn't listening to this. It's a gig that had, had they said instead of, yes, we'll give you a raise, had they said, no, in fact, we have to cut your pay 20 bucks, I'd have to be like, well, okay, shit. Because I, A, I like the gig so much. B, it, it's like so important to my schedule. So, <laughs> but they gave me a raise because I'm important there. All right. I am at that gig and it is, it is the prototypical perfect gig for what, for what I do. It's got foot traffic walking around outside. It's people deciding where to eat. I'm outside. I got a speaker pointed at the, at the thoroughfare out there where they're walking. And I get to say the drink. It's got drink specials for me to, to announce. It's got a fun atmosphere. It's just the fucking perfect gig for me. And it's every Saturday, every Sunday for brunch, which is just fucking amazing for my schedule. It's, it's perfect. A super wealthy part of town. It's a too. really, really fancy part of town. The tips are, they're not great, but they're solid. Well, there's a reason it's a wealthy part of town. Yeah, I guess. Stingy. I guess so. And honestly, compared to a lot of gigs, the tips are great. But I'm just comparing them to, I've got one gig where the tips are like fucking insane. Uh, I have a, have a couple of those. Yeah, that Sunday night gig tips are just absolutely absurd. It's like three hundred bucks every time. And the gig itself, or is more, sweet rain or shine year round. The gig is good. It doesn't pay as much as I'd like it to, but uh, there's a reason I still do it. It's because well, you've had some cool experiences out there as well, where it's led to something beyond the gig, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I just um I just recently saw those guys again. I had a gig out there where. I play till 10. It's got like a pretty strict noise curfew, ordinance. noise ordinance thing. Sometimes I'll play to like 10, 10. Don't tell anybody. Um, and uh, I had some like a really wealthy guy, like a like a new money type of guy. He like had like a like a pool equipment business that just like exploded over COVID. Like he was doing well already. And then COVID happened. He's like, OK, cool. I made $10 million. Um, <laughs> I mean, I made that number up, but he's he's got 10 million bucks based on the house that I saw. Um house on Captiva right near where I was playing and uh, he was just like man you're so good they were having such a good time and it was because of my it wasn't just the songs it was my jokes it was my personality they liked me as a person put it this way they invited me to go to their party right they could have played the radio but they paid me I forget what it was three four hundred bucks yeah um, to come play at their party until the cops came yeah that's right and uh, you know two fifty an hour is my private private gig rate somewhere in there yeah 
Um, I'm still working with that rate. I'm in the process of raising it because I have not yet had somebody blink at it, which tells me it's not high enough. <laughs> um, That's a good way of gauging it. Yeah. Um, so 250 an hour is my private event rate. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's do two hours. Cool. That'll be 500 bucks. And I was like, cool. We're right down the road. Yep. And uh, they paid me 300 because it got shut down in 45 minutes. And it just gave me a tip. So, yeah, I made my 200 bucks for the gig, which is, again, below my rate, but the tips are insane. Probably made 500 bucks in tips that night. Then I made 300 bucks from them. So I made 800. I made $1,000 at this one gig in six hours. Um, long drive, it's a probably two-hour round trip, hour and 45 round trip. There's worse drives, though. There are worse drives. It's beautiful. That's Man, Captiva is real beautiful. Shit. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, showmanship. It's all, like, it really... And I, I've mentioned my friend before. I, I, my my uh, my friend, she plays all around town. It's her full-time job. She's been doing it full-time for four years, a little less than me, but is, like, right right with me as far as, like, the level. I think I'm a little bit ahead of her just because I'm so ruthlessly, like, self-improvement improvement mode right now. Mercenary. Yeah, I'm, like, really fucking going for it, and I very few people are gonna keep up with that um i found not to toot my own horn but you know toot toot and i'm fucking working my ass off so just turn and burn baby yeah so um anyway she is my point i was trying to make is that as far as the triangle she got a very strong vocal performance a very strong showman performance a pretty fucking weak guitar performance sorry she does she doesn't really work on it she's got it good enough where she can put the platform out there where her vocals can shine and where her personality can shine and she fucking crushes it she makes she probably does as, as well or better in tips than i do I, I remember actually it was a bit eye-opening um she actually really improved my my game here on this because yeah now that i'm just gonna kind of talk about this I, ha- I hadn't thought of this before but meeting her i met her a couple of years ago was uh it it was eye-opening because i, I didn't really know what other people were making in tips. You know, I was kind of, I was a little bit isolated. I didn't know a whole lot of people who did this full time, but I kind of asked her, I was like, so what are you making tips on average? And she was like, eh, like a hundred, 150 bucks. I was like, what? I've been making like 40, 50 on average. Like a great night is 75. Like if I break a hundred, I'm like, Whoa, this is a few years, you know, three or four years ago probably is when I met her. And so I'm talking to her and she's like, yeah, a hundred, 150 bucks. And I was like, the the shitty part of me was like, okay, you're a pretty girl. Yeah, fucking dude's tipping pretty. Like, that was like my shitty reptile brain was saying, well, it's, it's not my fault. It's just fucking me, 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 me. I can't do anything about it. I'm not a pretty girl. Like, no. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. If you meditate, you will notice these shitty thoughts and you will be able to do something about them instead of just fucking swimming in them. Thank you. Thank you for the, the nudge to remind everyone about meditation, Chad. Um, anyway, so I, I kind of took this seriously i was like how is that possible and i went to a couple of her shows she and i exchanged shows i played it i played as a duo with her sometimes she'll occasionally have someone come and duo with her to like like a really good guitarist because she's like kind of an average guitarist um she'll have like a a real good guitarist come out and she'll just take a pay cut because it's fun like every once in a while right to have a duo and have somebody shred guitar sure um and so i've done that a couple times with her where we played a duo gig or um like I've just seen her play a couple times and I was like, okay, she's doing something differently from what I'm doing. And it's talking a lot to the fucking crowd. She's making friends with these people. She knows these people by first name, you know, 
And that it was eye opening to me. I was like, she's making three times as much tips as I am. It's not just because she's a pretty girl. Right. Right. It's because, you know, although that doesn't hurt, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fucking pretty man. You know, it's the prettiness is not what it's about. Right. It's about showmanship. It's about making friends. It's about connecting with people. And I started doing that. And now I make fucking three times as much money in tips. That's like you add and add that up. Right. I do six gigs a week. I do five to seven gigs a week. Let's call it five. If I make an extra hundred bucks per gig. I mean, let's not even go that far. Let's say I make an extra 50 bucks a gig mm-hmm. times five gigs a week, 250 bucks a week times. Let's say I take six weeks off for vacation. That leaves you with 46 weeks times $250. That is 250 times four is a thousand times 10 gets you to 40 weeks. That's $10,000. Plus the other six is seven fifteen hundred that's eleven thousand five hundred dollars extra per year you're making in cash in or tips. missing out on or missing out on exactly and i think 50 is a conservative number and i think five gigs is a conservative number so it's more like 15 grand maybe i mean some of these some of these tips you know that how about that gig that i made 500 bucks or 300 bucks cash on right after yeah. plus the 600 in tips or 500 i made during that gig i mean i might have missed out on 400 of those tips and the entirety of the 300 after that, you know, that's the stuff like that, the X factors where it's like, you need to put your whole personality into this and you need to play it up and you need to make it fun and you need to connect with people and you need to make friends and you need to set your pride aside and be a little bit of a goofball sometimes, you know, like that, that's what the, like a big part of this. I mean, if you have the balls to get up on stage, you should have the balls to take that next step further and actually address the audience and have fun with them. I mean, you've already taken the hardest step and that's getting on the damn stage. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So yeah, just let loose, have fun, enjoy it. If you can't, you probably you're in the wrong line of work. <laughs> yeah. That's Boom. Right. Yeah. So the other thing is four years ago when you met her, you probably had a much fuller schedule. And by that, I mean, you were working more days, right? So you're this big allowed time. you to, kind of uh, shorten your work week because of it. Yep. Work more efficiently. Yeah. And it also, it did another thing too. So I was, I was booking gigs with the thought in mind, and I, I'm, I'm sure that I said this to people in the beginning, in the first few, year, few years of my career here, was, yeah, tips don't actually matter that much. <laughs> like, I know that I said that to people. I know that I thought that. I was like, yeah, I'd probably make 30 bucks in tips. Um, I make 150 bucks at my gig, and I make like 30 bucks in tips. So it's not that big a deal really you know and so i wasn't um like i wasn't considering how important tips could be like if this guy at key at uh the captiva gig had said to me four or five years ago yeah it's less than your rate but the tips are insane i've been like no fuck you that doesn't count i'm like i don't believe you i make 30 bucks in tips usually you know um they make a huge difference and doing it right is the difference between making that fucking money and not. And so now I look at the gigs that I take in different ways. Now, if I'm like, I actually, I do consider the tips. I keep a spreadsheet with my tips on there. I, I take them into account and I, I look at these and I analyze what's going on and I say, man, I'm averaging 150 bucks in tips at this one gig. Let's do more of those or let's do, 
uh, and I'm getting skeleton tips at this other gig. I actually just recently removed a gig from my schedule because it no longer makes sense. Gas prices don't help. Um, at the time of this podcast, gas prices are like four forty a gallon. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a long drive. It's like Marco Island, and it, it was two fifty for three hours, which is my low end of the rate. Right, that's that's my rate. It's a it's a rate that I accept. It's not like oh that's close. It's it's a rate yeah, that I accept. Twenty percent of that's going to gas. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm spending fucking fifteen bucks on gas to get, to get there and back for sure. Um, maybe more. Um, so, and that it was a weird gig. It was like. It, it's just like, um, that was one on what? On Mar- Beach? No, I'm not sure. I don't think so. It's a hotel down there. It's the Marriott. Marriott, yeah. yeah it's Tiger Tail Beach. Yeah. It's a really beautiful beach. Um, it's a beautiful hotel. But th- it's a weird stage. There's a giant bush like in front of the stage, <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. So I set my tip jar up in f- on the other side of the bush. So it's like it's where people. Sketchy. Are- well, yeah. How do you mean? Do you have optics on it? Like, how tall is this bush? No, I can see it. It's in front of me, but and even if you couldn't, honestly, it's I, almost almost never am I concerned about a tip jar getting stolen from, um, especially at a fancy hotel like that. People aren't stealing your tips. Little kids—that's the only time that something like that might happen. Little kids, because um, they just don't know any better. Um, so I actually had a, a tangent on a tangent here. So lateral thinking. I, lateral thinking. That's right. So I had a, a gig where there are these two little girls who were like sitting right up by the tip jar, right, right like at my feet playing with their dolls or something. And it was, the parents were like, thank you. And I'm like, you're welcome, I guess. Like I'm, I'm not, it was, it was like a, it was like a babysitting job. It was like a lot of interaction with these two kids. And I'm like, okay. And they're like really interested in this jar full of money that's at my feet. And I'm like, okay. And you know, they, they were, they were nice little kids, but it was just, I was just like, really, you just like let them just like mm-hmm. glom onto a stranger. It was just like really like it was weird parenting, I thought. But uh, negligence. <laughs> I don't know if it was negligence. They had an eye on him, but it was like just one. I'm at, yeah, right. Um, Did you anyway, have a dummy dollar at the time. They were yes, yeah, and you know the 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 bait dollar. I have a twenty dollar bill taped to my tip jar, and like they try to push it. I'm like, actually, that one's taped there. That's the bait dollar. And they're like, oh okay, and you know they're they're just really interested in the tip jar. <laughs> And I took a break and I took all the cash out of the tip jar and stuffed it in my pocket. And uh, I came back from my break. I was get, getting water. I came back and the two girls were sitting there and one of them goes, where'd all that money go? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I stuffed it in my pocket. Why do you, why do you ask? Were you going to try to steal something? They're like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's why I took it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it was just like, you know, so that that's they're like the honest. only time I'm ever like concerned about somebody taking money out of it is when they don't know. People just don't fucking do that. And if they're if you're concerned about that at a gig, you're playing at a gig in a too shitty a place. Probably, mm. honestly, <laughs> you know, if if the clientele are, are worrying you that they're going to steal out of your tip jar, then they're probably not tipping. So anyway, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> so that was a tangent on a that was a lateral thought on a lateral thought. What was the first lateral thought, though? Uh, tip jar. Oh, so I recently quit a gig because uh, because of the tipping situation. Was that the, was that the reason? Or it the, was because I had a tip jar. Drive. Out. It was the drive yes. to. It, it was on the edge. Of, it was on the edge of not worth it to me, basically already. And I've had a, I had a one other gig recently that was like this, where I was like, this is on the borderline. It is. It's got its toes over the edge of not worth it. Um, 
And then it took a firm step into not worth it land. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Thanks. Were those your Thursdays and Fridays? Mm, the No, the Thursdays... The Thursdays are also... They're, they're done after April. I've got every other Thursday booked through April. Um, it's middle of March right now for context. Um, and those are going to be done after that. They just don't... It, it makes more sense to have four days off to work on original stuff and my streaming thing and, and this. Yeah, um, you haven't touched on that yet. It's the first time you've brought that up. Oh, yeah, I man. Peter, privilege of seeing some of it. It's going to be exciting. Peter in the End is my solo original project. Have not released anything yet, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be streaming on Twitch. Uh, several times a week it's going to be it's a, a kind of a it's a transition from for my career for what I'm kind of doing right now which is why I'm putting a lot of focus on consolidating my week into three days yeah. um, and I'm making a lot of money in three days so it's it's good mm-hmm. um, so this the Thursday gigs are they've kind of they've just kind of remained in the same spot and my I've just like kind of the math it's it, it's not that the, that gig took a firm step into not worth it land it's just that the borders have changed enough that where it was standing is now within not worth it land, if that, if that metaphor still makes sense. You hit a wall there, too, for how high you can go. Yeah, she wouldn't give me my raise that I wanted. And uh, if she'd given me the raise, she might have gotten another few months out of me. But even still, it's like it just doesn't – it's not a big enough night to – Turn a four-day weekend into a three-day weekend. It's nice essentially. to be in that position. It is excellent to be in that position. So this other gig was the thing that I was so excited about. I was It turned my Fridays into doubles. It was a Friday afternoon gig. So I had three doubles, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that's why I kind of like let this thing that was on the border of not worth it happen. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, cool. This is exactly what I was looking for. It turns my Friday, Saturday, Sunday into six gigs, three doubles. And I can get all this work out of the way quickly. So it's $250 for, for three hours. Which is my kind of low rate, which is fine. Um, and it's so we're gonna see if the tips are good, then it'll work. So tips were kind of like averaging around a hundred bucks. Um, so you're doing three fifty. You know, it's over an hour drive each way. It's an insane drive for me, and the drive in and out of there is the traffic is so stupid. It's like for, <laughs> the, the traffic is bad, yes, bad. but that's not what I mean. I mean the people in their cars are stupid. Like it's a lot of tourists, it's it's a lot of them, and it's a lot of old ones, and it's a lot of really, just ferociously stupid driving, which takes a toll on me. It's something I'm working on. I really want to get mentally better at handling traffic. I'm not good at it. Meditation. Uh, yeah, meditation is it's the one the one area that meditation hasn't solved for me yet. Uh, I won't say it hasn't improved it, but it's not solved yeah, you've yet. Come a long way. Thank you. Um, anyway. So it really, it starts my day off really, really badly. So that was the um, first gig of the day. That's Friday, 1, a, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. And then, and, then I do, and then I do another gig. And getting out of there at 4 p.m. is fucking impossible. On a Friday? Yeah. Uh, it's just like so crazy. So I was like, man, I was getting to the point where I'm like, 350 bucks, fine, but is this worth it? And I, I kind of have come to the conclusion that it was close, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, okay, fine. I'm making 350 bucks. Then I'll probably make 500 bucks, 400 to 500 bucks at my Friday night gig. So it's pretty cool. It's a, it makes a good day, but it is a fucking 14-hour day. And then it turns it into three 14-hour days in a row because Saturday and Sunday are doubles. So it was kind of on the chopping block. And, and then my tip jar became an issue, which is becoming more of a thing I've noticed. I don't know if it's becoming more of a thing across the board at gigs or if it's the gigs that I'm getting into are fancier. Mm-hmm. And so 
managers are less inclined to let me have my tip jar out. And I got a little Venmo sign that says tips, please Venmo uh, sign. And then I've got a tip jar that's like kind of big and gaudy and it's got lights and shit on it. And like it's to draw attention to it. It's yeah. supposed to be obvious. Um, and I had the manager at this hotel in Marco Island kind of say, hey, and he was pretty nice about it. But he was like, hey, I can't have your tip jar out here with like this big. I can't have like you soliciting tips like this, obviously here. And I'm like, OK, well, all right. So I moved it back to it's like on the stage, like now with me, like behind this bush. And so I'm like still mentioning tips verbally over the mic. But it's, you know, a lot of your tips come from people just seeing a tip jar and going, I like this tips. Like it's not all from you verbally reminding people. It's time to get a shirt made. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I this the um, tip jar is now on stage. It turned my like hundred ish dollar average into like fifty ish dollars. So I'm like, this takes this gig firmly into the not worth it land. Yeah. You know, so it's like, and the gas prices too. It's like now I'm paying you know double what I was well, paying in that. gas to get there and back. But there's also wear and tear on the car, too. There's wear and tear on the car. There's wear and tear on my fucking mind, is yep. what, what, honestly, what it really came down to is, by the time I was leaving that gig, I was like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. Now I got another gig. Yeah. You where, know? where is that other gig? It's it's always different. Friday nights are all over the place. Okay. Friday nights and Saturday nights are, are mix and match. Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and Sunday evening are the only things that are... Set in stone. Set in stone, yeah. Okay. So, anyway. That's um, rough. Yeah, so... uh. But I got a, a student of mine who is picking up those gigs. And I, I was very, uh, this was all done through a booking agent. Um, and it was very, very easy to work with these guys. I want to just, to their credit, it was like, hey, uh, these gigs were kind of, on, I basically told them this whole story, just like I told you. I was like, these gigs were kind of on the edge of, of not worth it to me. And they kind of took a firm step into not worth it land when they told me about this tip jar. And he was like, I was like, hey, look, if, if the sub thing is not okay with you, I will finish out the gigs that we have because it's a contract. I'm on a contract. I was like, I'd be happy to finish them out. If there are any dates that my sub can't take, I'd be happy to finish those. Like, I'm not just going to try to dip on you here. Right. Um, it's called being professional, It's folks. called being professional. It always, always, I may never work with these people again, but I may. But they'll remember how you conducted yourself. That's right. Um, so anyway, I... Uh, and I'm going to take a cut from these these bookings, which is kind of a little part of my new, a little new part of my business strategy here is trying to outsource some of these gigs to people who are a little hungrier than I am and are, I, I'm 100% transparent about what cut I'm taking. And uh, it's it's been fun. I've done a few gigs like that where I'm like, can't do this one. I got a guy who can do it though and I take a little cut and it's been, uh, I've probably made, you know, a couple hundred bucks doing it so far, but it's just been, and it's been cool to help a, help a new new guy out too. Um, so yes, lateral thinking there, showmanship. Uh, how did showmanship get us to that Marco Island gig? Um, I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's an interesting story anyway. It was. You know? Yeah. And so maybe here's like a little bit of a macro view of this. So what I did just there was I kind of just went where my mind took me. I tried to keep it interesting. I tried to make the story relatable. I tried to tell a story that's showmanship that's part of it yeah obviously you're not going to go on talking that long at a, at a gig where you're supposed to be playing music but that is part of it you know yeah taking thought thinking where can i take this it's going to be entertaining for the crowd and me do you ever start a story and then stop it midway i have before yeah just, definitely and 
what, just carried on with your set and then finish it up after the next set? Kind of keep that clientele there? Um, oh, I see what you mean. Like, like deliberately? Yeah. Like, um, I don't think that I've ever really done that. What I, what I have done is like that, that lyrics thing with, uh, the lyrics thing with Waylon Jennings yeah. song. Yeah. Where I'm like, hey, there's a lyric in here. I've got another, another song that I do that with, um, Ed Sheeran. Right, so here's another. I'm just giving. You, here's another little example of some the way I kind of introduce a song, like the way you introduce a song, the way you close a song, and talk about it after you've finished it. All this stuff is part of showmanship. Taking requests, another big part of showmanship. Your song choice is part of showmanship. What you do in the breaks, the people you choose to talk to in the breaks, people who have been clapping, people who have tipped, you can walk up and say thank you so much. It's good to see you. where you guys from. All that is showmanship. Um, anyway, so this Ed Sheeran song, I'll say. You know, I do a lot of stuff. I know I'm sure you guys have noticed. I do a lot of stuff from the 60s and 70s. I like that old stuff. Um, but I try to sprinkle in some modern stuff for the kids. So here's an Ed Sheeran song. And 90% of the time, someone goes, oh, yeah, Ed Sheeran. People fucking love him. I don't get it exactly, but people love him. And uh, so I play this Ed Sheeran song. Um, fuck. It's not perfect. It's the other huge one. He's got a few huge ones, but... Um, I'm looking it up. Don't worry. Skeet, skeet, eebie. God, he looks like such a fucking pudwinker, too. <laughs> look at, go, go to look up Ed Sheeran on Spotify and look at the picture of him. He's just fucking mouth half open. He just looks like an idiot. <laughs> God, he's just so bad. Uh, I mean, he's, yeah, he's not good. Um, man, it's not one of his top five. That blows my mind. Uh, Thinking out loud, which is actually a good song. So you know, and, and I, I'm not one of these people who just hates all pop music. I have respect for the the songwriting process and all that. Um. And it's actually a pretty good song. And I, I kind of lie about it when I play gigs and I say, I actually really like this song. <laughs> but there's one line in this song that I cannot stand and I just think it's a terrible line. And we'll talk about it after the song. You just let me know if you know what I'm talking about. And it goes, uh, uh, And baby, I will be loving you till we're 70. And I leave a little pause for them to think about why that line fucking sucks. It's like, Baby, I will be loving you till we're 70. Mm -hmm. And then we're done. Yeah. I'm getting a fucking divorce when we're 70. Are you fucking kidding me? You think I'm going to love you when we're 71? You go fuck yourself. I obviously, don't say fuck yourself on the microphone, but like, that's the joke. It's like, really, this is a love song? And it's just like, yeah, the last 20 years of my life, I'm going to be single, okay? That's it. I'm loving you till we're 70. And, you know, people go, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Until you get to the home, and that's when the yeah. party starts. Yeah, right. So I'm like, I was just like, you know, I just, Mercy, I'm, no. I'm 32. I'm 32. And like, it's just, this song is just written like a 21 year old wrote it, where it's just like, oh, 70, that might as well be 150 billion. It's like, yeah, dude, 70 is coming. Yeah. Do you realize women now live to 95 on an average basis? You know? So anyway, that's kind of, an, I know nobody's busting their gut at home laughing at that, but it's, you know, just a showmanship thing. It's just, chatting about a song 
I'm kind of a music nerd and I let that out a little bit. And I, I know I'm talking over people's heads sometimes when I talk about like music theory and songwriting stuff. But like I talk about it anyway because it's interesting to me and people get it. And the people who are musicians in the crowd fucking love it. Mm-hmm. And people who aren't still kind of think it's interesting. And it shows it's, it's almost there's like a tone of conversation that you have with people in the crowd where they can tell that you respect their intelligence. Yes. Right. If you respect a crowd's intelligence and you expect them to get what the fuck you're talking about, most of the time they'll get it. Most of the time they'll, they'll, they will. Right. So if you start, you talk about, like I talk about, uh, Leonard Cohen, hallelujah. And I'll go, this song's interesting because it talks about the chord progression in the song. It go in the verse. It goes, uh, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, and I'm playing the chords along with it. The fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift. Right? That's kind of cool. It does like a little. So anyway, I thought that's interesting. I'm a music nerd. I'm moving right along. And some people in the crowd who aren't even musicians will be like, oh, that is cool. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. I feel like, and I used to do this too. That's why I, I know that musicians do it. At least one used to. <laughs> I know that lots of people do this. They dumb things down for the crowd because they think the crowd doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. And crowds they don't like read that and like resent you for it, but they'll they pick they'll, up on it. They'll pick up on it and they'll appreciate it. If you treat them like they can get what you're talking about. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes you'll tell a joke that goes right over everyone's fucking head and that's fine. But you know, that's an aspect of showmanship is respecting and, and loving the crowd in a, in a way, you know, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's going to do it. That's the third leg of the triangle. It's probably the most important one. <laughs> The triangle is complete. The triangle is complete. Okay, so I think probably next time we've been talking about performance a lot, which is important. That's the that's kind of like the that's like the meat of this. That's like the actual product that you're selling. Um, But a lot of other stuff, the marketing, the business, potatoes. It's equally it's equally important. Um, Honestly, being great at selling the thing can be more important than having a good product. Um, or at least as important. So we're going to talk about, we're going to kind of shift gears in the next few episodes into that kind of stuff a little more. Um, So stay tuned. We love you.